Welcome to Tea Time Theology. My name is Taylor Wilkie, your host for this episode, and today I'm joined by the Reverend Dr. Jonathan Malone, the Pastoral Associate of St. Luke's Episcopal Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. This season on Tea Time Theology, our topic is Bumper Sticker Bible, where we will be talking with clergy about commonly seen religious sayings, mostly seen on the backs of other people's cars. Today, Jonathan has chosen the topic, God's Guns Country. Can we add sound effects behind that? God's Guns and Country! Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Maybe some fi- you know, gunshot fire, Yosemite sand, something like that. We'll try. Okay. We'll see. Probably not, though, because I'm a lazy editor. Uh, welcome, Jonathan! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. It's great to be here. Yeah. The first thing that we're going to touch on might be a bit controversial. It's, I'm not just, sure. It's the elephant in the room. It's the elephant let's in the room. No this. one knows because this is audio only. Right. But there um, is an elephant in but, this room. Um, Jonathan actually isn't an Episcopal priest. Jonathan is our first non-denominational, denomination? non-Episcopalian, non-Episcopalian yeah. clergy that we've had on the podcast. Um, he is actually a Baptist minister. Sure. Um, which really threw me for a loop because uh, Jonathan preaches at my church, and he just wears a whole different uniform, and it's and it's weird. It's like, are we going to graduation or what are we doing? That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just wondered, uh, as a recovering Roman Catholic, as most of our listeners know that I am, right? How does that work? How does a Baptist minister find themselves working for the Episcopal Diocese of Rhode Island? Well, that's an excellent question, and I'm glad that you asked it. Um, Thank you. I wrote it myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was well done. So for the past 13 plus years, I'd been the senior pastor at the First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, same town as St. Luke's. Uh, and then almost a year ago, I left that position to do uh, more of a wilderness-focused ministry. Um, starting a new, I started a new business uh, just completely on my own, and I encourage people to check it out at uh, wildernessjourneys.org. That's wildernessjourneys.org. Finding the Divine in the Wilderness. Um, Right, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the plug. Um, So starting a new business is always a a scary and risky venture. And I was um, talking with Father Tim about this. uh, And I said, so I'm leaving the church and such. And he was sitting with that for a while. And then he reached out and said, you know, if you need some part-time work, why don't you come work here at St. Luke's? Uh, Which... I do need part-time work because the salary right now that I'm making is next to nothing because uh, I'm starting a business. Yeah. <laughs> so that What was, is it? You don't make a profit for, what, 10 years or something? If I'm lucky, I think. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right at retirement is when I'm going to start yeah. earning. Um, so, I mean, Father Tim did, have, did reach out to the bishop to get permission um, to make sure it would be okay. I'm recognized as a Eucharistic minister, so I can serve the Eucharist, but I cannot consecrate it. So you'll notice that when Father Tim is, is saying the, the prayers of consecration and such, I am not standing anywhere near mm. or around. So people don't get the sense that I have 
um, the ability to do that as well. Um, I also don't wear a clerical collar on Sunday mornings because I don't want people getting confused to think mm. like, oh, here's another priest. I, I, there are certain things I can do. I can pray with people. I can sit with them. Like all good pastors should be able to. Um, but as a Baptist, we our ordination, the way we view communion is different. Mm. Um, the bread stays bread. The wine stays wine, and we typically use grape juice, um, and so we don't have that sense of something different, something something changing or happening, uh, and and that's an important distinction to hold on to, and I want to really respect that. So that's why I, um, I'm not standing there, uh, but because I do have I do have permission, and part of what I to to serve it, um, part of what I do, in addition to being there on Sunday mornings, is I visit the shut-ins. Uh, and I do wear a clerical collar for that, not to, to say, like, hey, I'm a priest, but more to say I'm representing St. Luke's, the mm. Episcopal Church. Um, and also a lot, a number of the folks are older in years, and I don't need to try to explain to them who I am and such. They just want to know that they got visited and they got mm. to take communion. Uh, so that's, that's how that works. Uh, there's obviously a whole story behind my um, leaving uh, being a pastor, a parish-based minister and doing what I'm doing, um, I'm happy to do that another time, to share that story another time. But that's how I ended up here. Uh, and, and I'll have you know, and the listeners should be aware of this, uh, preaching at an Episcopal church is tricky for a Baptist. And, and by the way, I'm, a, I'm an American Baptist. And, there's a difference? Oh, there's so many differences. Uh, I think there's a new Baptist group that forms every day. Um, and then, like, two more die every day. So it's, it's a weird... Uh, but like, the biggest group that's known are the Southern Baptists. Mm. They tend to be much more conservative. Uh, they don't allow women to be ordained or to teach. Um, American Baptists, we do. Uh, there's just more of uh, a theological diversity amongst the American Baptists. And I, I could get into all that history as well. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm ordained with the American Baptist churches. Uh, and, and the tricky part with preaching is... Keeping the sermon short, and and you've heard me preach a couple of times, and it may not seem like I'm preaching a short sermon, but I, boy, every time I'm like, boy, I just got started and I had to stop. So I have all this pent up preaching <laughs> in me, and um, Taylor said it's totally fine for me to just let it out uh, here. So just buckle up, everyone. We're you're going to get all that extra sermonizing, and sermonizing is a word. Look it up. Um, it's it's coming out. In this podcast, on this episode, for free. Trademarked. TM. TM. <laughs> Sermonizing. Does that kind of answer what you were getting at? Absolutely. Oh, good. Absolutely. Phew. And it's interesting that, like, you say you have, like, more to give on a Sunday than what you do. You come, you, So you're obviously coming from a Baptist place where, like, sermons can go for hours and hours on end. But I'm coming from a Roman Catholic standpoint where, like, if, if service goes over 45 minutes, people are walking out. Oh sure, like it, sure. it's like that's it. Like yeah. you got us forty-five minutes. It's a it's a hard out at fifty. We're yeah. sorry. I got my folks used to services lasting usually an hour and fifteen. Okay, and to an hour and hour and thirty, they would be okay. Once I got over that, they would start to grumble and say, "Yeah, what's this all about?" Mm. Um, but I mean, we wouldn't. We don't do communion every Sunday, right? The focus of the service in the Baptist tradition is the sermon. That's what it all heads towards. So usually twenty twenty-five minutes is what I what I would preach. Okay. Um, and some go for much longer. Um, it doesn't mean it's better. It just means they can just talk for longer, I guess, yeah. or something. You just get on a roll. You just get on a roll. Or you just don't care about quality. <laughs> quality. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so now we're going to get into the meat oh, yeah. of the yeah. episode. This is fun. Um, 
I guess the, the first question I, I, I kind of try to ask is, um, where do you see this most often? Because you're the one who chose this right. topic. Right. Uh, not me. I haven't seen this anywhere. I've heard people say it, but I've never seen it anywhere. So where do you most often see it? Well, so... You know, little disclaimer, I, I try to ride my bike as often as possible, so I don't actually get to read a lot of bumper stickers. Because you're an abject terror that you're going to be killed by a car. I'm an abject terror that I'm going to be killed by a car. Yeah. Yes. that That's my fear. And if I'm, like, reading the bumper stickers, then I'm too close. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a it speaks to I, – I love the idea of the bumper sticker ideals because um, it speaks to um, – um, Jonathan Haidt writes in his book, Righteous Mind, which is a fantastic book. I strongly recommend it um, for the listeners. Um, that bumper stickers are kind of like symbols of your tribe. Mm. They're the slogans of, of the tribe. And, and it's a way of saying, I belong to this tribe. So you have the coexist bumper sticker, which is also ridiculous. Um, but I didn't want to go off on that today. Um, it says, I belong to a certain kind of tribe. Mm. Uh, and, and those are, are definitely like these cultural threads or... Um, yeah, threads that are occurring within our society. So while I've not seen this bumper sticker itself, and I looked mm. it up, it does. It is out there. Oh, uh, it is. Yeah. And like well, as soon as you Google it, things get real scary real fast. Oh my gosh, so fast. Um, it's the sentiment that I'm very much aware of, especially coming out of the Baptist milieu, of this idea of this strong nationalism. Um, I was having breakfast with a colleague friend of mine. Uh, that's a colleague and a friend of mine, which is weird. Usually, I just have colleagues who aren't friends. Mm. Um, <laughs> And, and I was telling him about this topic, and he said uh, a bumper sticker that he's seen that is very similar is, um, I stand for the flag, I kneel for the cross, mm. which I think gets at the same sentimentality of this, this marrying, this, this trying to conflate nationalism and Christianity and saying that the two are together. So God's gun, country, guns, country... Um, speaks to this idea. Now, if, if you Google it, you'll also find a New Yorker article with that exact title mm. that talks about an evangelical movement that is anti-guns, and Shane Claiborne's mentioned. And Shane Claiborne's a fantastic individual, does some really great work in Philadelphia. Uh, um, and, and there's certainly some overlap with that, but that's not so much what I'm talking about. I, I'm not pro-guns. So mm. Let's be clear about that. I'm a pacifist. Um, so I'm, I'm very pro, um, like, nerf tools or anything that the Society of Creative Anachronism in, embraces, like duct-taped swords. Those are fantastic. Okay. Um, if we had more of those, there would be a different world. Mm. Uh, but um, it is the sense that more box, less stabby. More box. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> my friends are a uh, my, my my friends own a or run a LARP camp up in uh, Central Mass. I bet my uh, nephews went to that camp. My nephews went to a LARP camp, and I probably. said, "Really, you did, huh?" And they yeah. were so excited. It's pretty dope. It is, and you know, God bless them. Yeah, the, the LARPers—they're doing—they're letting their freak flag fly Absolutely. fully. Um, I can't help but smirk when I hear about it and see it. But then, who am I? Who? Exactly. Yeah. LARP away. Absolutely. LARP away. Absolutely. Anyway, back to your thing that you were saying. Yeah. So it will be the idea that um, that there's that, that this nation is a Christian nation first. That's mm. that notion, which is wrong. Mm. Um, I, maybe I shouldn't say that so strongly. No, it's okay. I'm gonna. Yeah, it's just wrong. Um, there certainly is Christian influence, right? Uh, and and that that can't be denied. But it's not 
a Christian nation. Because as soon as you say it's a Christian nation, you're saying it's a nation that's favored by God. And if one nation is favored by God, then God is not favoring others. Right. You know, and now we're creating this hierarchy of God likes some better than others. And, and that's a challenge. I mean, that, that certainly is a challenge within Christianity, uh, within Judaism, to say mm-hmm. we are a people that have been chosen by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this sense of uh, this superiority. Mm-hmm. But if you really read through the scriptures, God says, because I chose you, I expect more of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's plenty of other passages where God is calling all the nations. So there, there is this universalism to God that God doesn't favor one nation over another. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just wrong. Theologically, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Can I say heretical? Sure. You can say whatever you I want. I know. I can say whatever I you want. You can swear. I don't care. <laughs> Please don't, though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the bishop might listen sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's listening, hello, bishop. We're glad to have you. Have a seat. Get a drink. Enjoy yourself. Absolutely. You're, you're my favorite bishop in New England. That's fair. Are there how many bishops are there in New England? There's got to be more because he's just got Rhode Island, right? Well, he's just got Rhode Island, and then there's. Oh no! Now we've made enemies. There's well, there's. <laughs> That's right. There's a bishop, there's bishop of New Hampshire. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Massachusetts has got to have one. Then there's Thomas Tobin. I don't like Thomas Tobin. He's a Catholic. Oh yeah. He's here in Rhode Island. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He doesn't play nicely with others. He, That's what no, I he doesn't. He's not a very. <sighs> I'm not going to go off on the Catholic Roman Catholics right now because some some of my best friends are Catholics. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so part of the challenge I'm, I'm I'm bringing us back. Part of this challenge of God's gun and country is this Nash is this idea of of this confluence of Christianity with nationalism, and, and then added to that, it's a certain type of Christianity, uh, and that's where the guns come in. It's this macho. Um, um, Christianity, this Christianity of strength, this one, this Christianity that says there's no room for for wimpiness. Right. Um, uh, Mark Driscoll, who's been a shamed pastor now and good, um, but he, look him up if you want to just hear some interesting stories. He had one a, a big big church on the West Coast, Mars Hill, I think. Uh, he really preached that God doesn't want sissies. Um, that God doesn't want weak men, like this kind of feminine, masculine, you know, he's like, that's not what God's about. God's about strong men and stuff. He was a big shocker. He was incredibly abusive to his staff and oh. to women. I know. I would, nobody saw no, that yeah, coming. No one would see that coming. Right. Yeah. I was talking about heresy. Um, but that's a, that's a form of Christianity that's embedded with this idea of this nationalism, that mm-hmm. Christians have to be strong. You know, um, this idea that... Uh, a good Christian is one who will have multiple guns in their home. Mm. Um, you know, and, and if individual gun ownership, that's that's on you, right? Mm. I mean, you specifically. Yeah, that's fine. Taylor, yeah. I think if you're the one who should decide whether or not everyone gets a gun. I think um, I think we should all have guns because then if everyone had a gun, then no one has a gun. We would we, we would oh. essentially be <laughs> culling the herd because everyone would just be shooting at each other all the time. Um, um, and, 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 and the dumb people who get up, the dumb people, sorry, you know what? No, I'll finish the thought. I don't care. Yeah, finish uh, the, this thought. You the see, dumb you the people door. who get other people so upset that they get shot, they just shouldn't be being that dumb. And then the other people who are shooting, the dumb people will get shot because they're shooting at somebody. Uh, and then that's a radical person who is like overreacting to somebody doing something that probably really doesn't affect their life in general. 
Um, okay, I'm gonna. I'm having a hard time yes ending this. It's fine. No. <laughs> it's fine. I'm probably gonna edit this out. I thought uh, so. I've, I was figuring you were gonna go like an Incredibles theme, like when everyone has a pop superpower, then no one is, has a superpower. No. No, you just when everyone has a. No, I went real Christopher Titus on this. Yeah, one. you sure did. Yeah. Well, I'd say lean into it. Yeah, you know, whatever. But yeah. you know, I'm a. I'm just some jerk on the internet. What do I know? Right. Um. So I, I think. The idea, so individuals having guns, is, that's, that's one thing, you know, guns mm. for, you know, if you need, feel like you need a gun for protection, okay. Um, uh, if you feel like you need a gun for hunting, that, that I actually would mm. completely, um, you know, support that. I think that, that makes sense. If you're going to eat the animal, you hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just shoot it and walk away. That's sinful. Yeah. It's wasteful. It's wasteful. God I'm- frowns on that. I have a buddy who's really getting into hunting lately, and he keeps he hasn't he hasn't bagged anything yet. He's gone out, but he hasn't caught anything. Oh, um, but he keeps threatening to give me venison so I can make him sausage, uh, venison sausage. Do you make sausage? Already? I do make sausage. Can you make venison, Vienna venison sausage? Probably, yeah. Because it's just the two Vs. Yeah, it's alliteration. You yeah. get the alliteration. I wish I had another I thought in there, but I mm, don't. Yeah, no, maybe it was a vulture, a vulture of Vienna, vulture venison. Yeah, I don't know if that's venison anymore. I don't know. Someone write in and let us know. You can write in at teatimetheology at gmail.com. That's teatimetheology at gmail.com. Please write in with your comments and questions and Actually, let us know. Seriously, please write in. <laughs> we don't, our inbox is always very empty. Um, and we just want to know how people think we're doing. It's a, a podcast with a mailbag segment is so much fun. It is, but like everyone's really quiet. Yeah, so go ahead and write our, in. Our, our fives of listeners are very. Fives. And don't forget to, to rate and review the show. Right, on, on iTunes. On iTunes. Please rate and review the show on iTunes and tell a friend. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Anyway, um, the idea that you're not a good Christian if you don't have multiple guns. Mm. Um, you know, it's, and, and if you, you're not a good Christian, you don't have multiple guns to be ready for that time when you have to take back the country. Mm. Um, like that kind of mentality, that kind of Christianity. Uh, I, I think it, it's really weird that... Um, this vision of of who Jesus is mm. as this strong hero, um, you know, I, I, I'm dating myself here, but there was a Christian singer named Carmen. I'm assuming you've never heard of him because you grew up Catholic and you avoid right. Him. No, yeah. my, my my favorite Christian rock group is group is Faith Plus One. See, I don't know them. I, I grew okay. up with DC Talk. Like and five Charles people just laughed really hard when I said that. Oh. Yeah, was it a joke? Yes, it is. Do you want to try it again? Uh, no, no, it's okay. fine. So, I mean, it. I'll laugh this time. No, it's okay. All right, I'm here for you. Uh, oh, so Carmen, um, he was a rap artist as well, uh, and not very good. But he, he had this one song that I heard um, about a boxing match between Jesus and Satan. Because why not? Okay, that's... Right? Yeah. That's a South Park episode, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, check it out. People, those of who are of a, Gen Xers who grew up in an evangelical ethos, that you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and it has Jesus beating the crap out of the devil mm. after losing first. Well, you have to. And then coming back and winning. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's the formula. That's the whole resurrection story. Yeah. Jesus comes back and kicks everyone's mm. behind. Mm. I saved you some editing work. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bleep Which, it. I'll bleep it anyway, so everyone thinks you swore. Oh, nice, good. <laughs> you either get more people to come to St. Luke's or less. Yeah, because it's going to work, or no one listens, and it doesn't matter. Um, it's this idea, this this victorious um, Christianity, that we are a strong. Like, in in need we, it, it's like we forget that our 
our Savior, the one we look at, is defeated on the cross. Mm. Like it's weakness, and, and either that that's glossed over, or we say like, well, he seemed to have lost, but he didn't really because he went to hell and broke the gates open, and then came back and was totally victorious. Like that's not the story. It's a story of weakness. Uh, read the beginning of First Corinthians. Um, it's foolishness to the to the Greeks and weakness to the Jews. That's who God is, mm. as we know God through Christ. Not this strong, masculine. There's a great um, picture of of, uh, of Jesus on the cross, and and he is like ripped, like just mm. you know has like at least eighty four packs um, on his abs, yeah, at least. And and the picture of it, he's like holding his hands are on the cross, but he's broken the cross, mm. like and and it just shows him. Very, that's part of this image of God's gun, guns and country, mm. of this very strong, very masculine Jesus, and it's just not accurate. I don't know what Bible they're reading, and I do know they're reading the King James, which is not mm. a great translation, but that could be another conversation. Um, and, but, I mean, well, they're not reading the Bible. They're hearing other people give an interpretation of the Bible, and right. they're hearing a very specific interpretation from certain kinds of pastors who are giving us certain kind of ideals, and it's just wrong. Mm. And, and you take that and you mix in with it this nationalism, and you have this triumphalism with this arrogance that's all all there, and then throwing the guns part, and it becomes really dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah, and if we're not clear about that, I refer you to January 6th. Right, or there, I, I, I saw a great meme. I mean, this is going to be coming out during Lent, um, so this will, this might be a distant memory in future people's minds, but mm. it's very much on our mind. The, yeah. the the shooting in Colorado at the at Club uh, Q. Club Q, yeah, Club yeah. Q. Um, and since then, obviously, like the memes have the meme verse has gone crazy with that, and, oh. and and somebody has said, you know, like like the the most the most dangerous thing about going to a drag show at this point is the danger that a christian will show up with a gun yeah yeah and is that the message right that christianity wants to be putting out there that we're a militaristic people not really no no i you know i i already said i already outed myself as a pacifist and i think pacifism is an individual choice i would never like if you're not a pacifist you're not a true follower of jesus that's that's between you and God, mm-hmm. um, but there is a strong movement of pacifism within Christianity, I and mean, the, the Quakers is a, is as annoying as they can be. Mm. And boy, they are so self righteous; it just drives me nuts sometimes. But they're do they embrace pacifism? Let's say they do. Okay, I mean they've got to make those oats. I'm not checking. Yeah, <laughs> someone <laughs> Quakers right in. Yeah, <laughs> the Amish. They can't hear this. I know. <laughs> But they, um, the Brethren, Church of the Brethren, the Mennonites, these are folks that come from a pacifist tradition. And not only is it pacifist, but it's also a very anti-empire tradition, mm. um, which I do think is a strong part of Christianity that um, a lot of popular Christians, popular Christianity has neglected, this anti-empire. Mm. Should, I, should I unpack that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. good. I mean, the clock's ticking. We got to make this. We're, we're shooting for what, three hours? Yeah. Nice. Three and a half, four, whatever. I've got nothing else to do today. Absolutely. Neither got, do I. I've got a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> We're going to take our time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the anti-empire notion is, especially uh, if, if you look at the Gospels, 
Um, and one author, Warren Carter, writes, Matt, this was an uh, excellent book that was written maybe 10 years ago, Matthew and Empire. I'm throwing out a lot of books here so people can read afterwards. Nice. Yeah. With a reading audience, I understand. Yeah. Um, he, he really points out how um, the way Jesus is depicted in the Gospel of Matthew is constantly contra Caesar. Hmm. Um, he's saying, I'm not about Caesar. I'm about God. I'm not about the kingdom of Rome. I'm about the kingdom of God. I'm about, you know, subverting the empire. And, and, and that's been, that was a strong part of Christianity in the very beginning until about, I don't know, 312 or something like that, mm-hmm. where Constantine had this dream and put crosses on shields and said, hey, we won now, so God must be on our side. And then we have this kind of embracing of Christianity by empire, by Constantine. Yeah, I mean, and, and the whole calendar. It's The whole calendar. It's like we, we measure time I know. by Christianity time. I know. For me, it's not yet, um, you know, summer hasn't ended yet because I'm still on the Julian calendar. Yeah, see, you know. I actually don't know how <laughs> I don't know when. calendars behind her head, but let's just. I use the Mayan calendar. Do I you? Ju- I just stopped nice. counting. You just uh, stopped after 2012. You're 2012. Like, well, I was like, that's it. It's over. We're guess, not. It's guess we're done. Just waiting for the end. Yeah, I'll tell you, folks. Scheduling this podcast was a nightmare because I kept saying, "How about this day?" And, and Taylor just said, "I don't know what that day is." That's not. It doesn't. I have no days. Yeah. I will. I will be there at the time that I need to be there. And right. I'm like I don't know how that works. Yeah. It's. The, the things I have to wrestle with, it's horrible. Christianity has this, this um, history of constantly getting in bed with empire. Mm. And the Anglican Church kind of is guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that the Baptists are clean. I mean, yeah. we started by saying, like, we don't want anything to do with that. But then when the, the Civil War in England happened with Cromwell and all those folks, mm. a lot of Baptists then started fighting in the military and became... Accepted. Yeah. Um, the same with here in America. Baptists were seen as rabble rousers and low class, and then the re- the Revolutionary War was going on, and Baptists like stood up and said, "We'll fight too," and then it became accepted. Mm. I mean, that's part of how I guess you get in. But uh, this idea that um, we have to be intertwined with the government, that we have to have that kind of power through the government, it's it's so dangerous and flawed, and that mm. has been a part of Christianity, and I, we see it today with the guns, God, and country. I keep mm. bringing it back. See that? That's nice. That's good. Yeah. I'm, it's like a circle. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just calling it back. Yeah, calling that's, it back. That's great. Uh, and, and, and part of that challenge is once we, once we become embedded and, and, be, and find ourselves in bed with the government, mm. we lose our prophetic voice. I think that's one of the brilliant aspects of the disestablishment clause in the First Amendment. Mm. It was only going to be a matter of time until I mentioned the disestablishment clause. Yeah. And, you know, that's a big thing for us, for us now, Baptists. Well, I mean, let's pretend I don't know what that means. Um, that Congress shall not establish any religion. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. So let's, so the, you know, the, and please, folks, if you're going to learn any of the amendments, um, six is fun. Yeah. Uh, four is nice. Mm-hmm. But one is really, uh, that's one to, you know, just at least start with one. Yeah. And get all of that, you know, freedom of assembly, mm-hmm. um, press, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to speech, religion. There's mm-hmm. probably one more that I'm not thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. But um, that disestablishment clause to say that there, you know, we will not, the government shall not favor one religion over another um, is so important. In part, it, it allows religions to be free from the influence of the government. But it also allows religions to be free to influence the government. Because mm. um, we can still have that prophetic voice without worrying about losing our funding um, or losing, you know, who knows what else. But as soon as we start receiving 
um, you know, tax breaks, you know, money, favors, then like, well, I don't know if I can criticize this person because then I might lose this nice little check that we get every month. We lose our prophetic voice. Right. Yeah. And that, um, that's horrible, I think. Mm. Um, We've kind of given it up anyways. Churches are kind of wussy, but, you know, that's our own. Yeah. (laughs) That's because we're afraid of losing members. Right. That might be another <laughs> something else. Like, go ahead and be prophetic. Um, I mean, not to shit on a Catholic church, the Roman Catholic church, but, like, I don't think they care anymore about losing members. Um, <laughs> How, what, why would you say that? I don't know. What? I was just like, why, why isn't anybody coming? Also, don't come in. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's Every, just an general vibe I've been getting. Do you want to talk about your your Catholic upbringing? Let's. You want to get into this? This could be. This is a safe space. I don't know. My parents listen, and they're still Roman Catholic. So, <laughs> um, and they're still praying that you might get back. Right. No. And they're uh, they're very proud that I'm running this podcast actually okay, because um, they're like I'm like you know it's for, at least it's for Jesus you know at least it's for Jesus yeah it's um, yeah no it's um Roman Catholic Roman Catholicism for me was not very um, I guess I didn't I didn't vibe with it. Mm. Um, like early life, it's okay because just just something you're kind of doing. As I got up to being an adult in my early twenties, I kind of started looking around and paying attention to what was going on in the world. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't think this club's for me. Mm. Uh, so then I started. Then I wasn't in a club for a while. Um, you were a free and then, agent, and then yeah, I was free agent. And then I met my wife, and she is a professional singer, right? And she would get gigs working at churches or working for churches on Sundays. And we went through a couple of different denominations, and then we finally ended up here at St. Luke's. And now I can proudly say I'm an Episcopal parishioner, and pretty much all of my my moral compass is aligned with the compass of this church. Nice. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's good enough, right? Yeah. I think there's still, yeah, God will still take you in. I hope so. Well, even if not, because you were baptized a Catholic, you're sealed with the Spirit. So right. God's, God's going to take you in no right. matter what. Right. I, I always like to say I think the credits transfer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Now, now, Baptists, we don't have that. We don't do infant baptism. Mm. So um, I'm out. You're out. Um, you know, you know, know, you're going to be in purgatory with all the other unbaptized babies. You know, well, That's gonna, what they say. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Or at least not a bad time. Right. We'll have a time. It's a lot of wet diapers. <laughs> Purgatory will have a time. I, I want to, can I plug a, a website bringing us back to God's gun, Guns and Country? Sure. So um, so first, the, uh, before I plug the website itself, I want to say the place where I've really seen God's Gun and Country, God, God, God is one God, God, Guns and Country, is with Trump. Oh, <sighs> I know. And, and and that really does say something that when churches are really embracing one political individual as mm. a messiah figure, which that's the language. It's um, unnerving. It, it, and it should be. Uh, and here, uh, I'm now breaking the Goodwin Law. Um, one of the other times we've seen that is with the Lutheran churches, not all of them, but a lot of them um, in Germany in the 1930s. Oh, what was that guy? Who's that about? I think who's the oh he's famous. I can't Albert. think of it. Albert. Albert. Yeah, something. Elmer. Him. Him. Yeah. Himsler. Himsler. Something. something. I don't. Know. Folks, go look him up. But the way that the churches talked about this individual mm. was someone who's going to save our country. Mm. Someone who's going to bring us back to prominence. 
um, had pictures of him in a Messiah kind of figure with cross the cross in the back. And that's not all of them. There, there mm-hmm. were the conforming churches and the confessing churches. The confessing mm-hmm. churches said, this doesn't seem right. Um, check out Diedrich Bonhoeffer, just anything about him. Okay. He's amazing. Um, he died um, for his faith. Sweet. Yeah. Um, not at the time. Not sweet, but like... At, you not know, at the time. But it's modernism. Not, uh, he's, he's a martyr, so... He's a, yeah, and, and it's good to learn about our modern-day mod- martyrs. Um, but that kind of language has been used around Trump. Mm. That this is someone who God has anointed, that God has sent to us, who's going to save us. This is our, our, the David of our time. Because even when people would bring up, like, well, Trump's been divorced many times, they say, well, David had infidelity, too. Mm. That's scary language. Mm. uh, To say that God has anointed one person as a a leader of our country. Mm. Uh, It's this kind of blind following of someone uh, and and following that individual and no longer following Scripture or following Christ, Mm. I I would say. But what do I know? So that's so when I see that, so this sentimentality is tied with the ethos that we see around Trump, and, and that's that's part of why it's been so scary. Mm. I want to encourage people to go to the website. This is a horrible website, um, yeah, but it's ChristiansAgainstChristianNationalism.org. I'm sorry, I fell asleep halfway through. Yeah, that, I know halfway it's, through that URL because it was so it's, long. It should be CACN.org. I'm sure if you, I'm sure that's already taken. It probably is. It's, um, it's probably some either like uh, um, an investment website mm, or something scandalous. Right. Um. And 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 uh, before before we continue about this, I did yeah. I did uh, you did uh, prep me for this yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. So I took a peek at it this afternoon and uh, Michael Curry. Is the a, presiding bishop the presiding bishop of the Episcopal uh, Church of America, USA? Yeah, I don't know. Let's go with the USA because America I'm, could be I'm, I'm a lover, not an expert. Um, <laughs> um, I look forward to your letters, um, and, and they can send those to uh, tea time theology at gmail dot com. Tea time theology at gmail dot com. Um, but uh, he, th- this this website is endorsed by. Michael Curry. So everyone else has to now. When the presiding bishop endorses it, then all the Episcopalians have to get in line and also endorse it, right? Right. That's the that's the idea. But that's also, I think Michael Curry is a pretty okay stand-up guy. Um, he seems decent. My wife really loves him. Oh, okay. Um, because you're of, okay with that? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. No, she 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 loved, she loved the sermon that he gave at uh, Meghan and Harry's oh, wedding. That was that was a really good. Uh, I haven't seen it. It my was, wife, people tell me it was great. It was I keep really, I good. keep wanting to YouTube it, but then I forget. But then you, you're hungry and you want to make a sandwich, right? That's a Mike Berbiglia joke. So yeah. I want to give him credit. Mike Berbiglia. Berbiglia. Mike Berbiglia. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Mike Berbiglia is really, I guess, really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Talk about ex-Catholic. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, so the Christians against Christian nationalism is nationalism. It's not a Baptist thing. This mm. is a pan-Christian thing in the United States. Michael Curry has endorsed it as well. Um, I think Bishop Nisley has endorsed. it. I don't know for sure. I he would, wasn't on the list of. Well, then we've got to get him on that yeah. list. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's I don't know if Father Tim has endorsed it, but I know I've endorsed it. That's great. I did that this morning. <laughs> nice. You signed the thing. I signed the thing. Okay. Um, you know, now that I, you know, I, I, I'm only an associate here. Did I you print it and then sign it, or did you use an e-signature and Adobe? E-sing. Yeah, oh, yeah. See, that's too easy. You got to print it, sign it, easy. scan it back. Ugh, forget it. Put no, it it's actually very easy to sign it. They just want your name, your address. 
so they can say you definitely did it and then you can tweet it or oh. share it or invite a friend yes. to sign it as well. And they want your address so they can mail you unsolicited material. That's fine. For this stuff, I you know, I, I wanna you know, I wanna read the this the their closing statement in this and, and mm. encourage people to check that out. But they say, whether we worship at a church, mosque, synagogue, or temple, America has no second class faiths. All are equal under the US Constitution. As Christians, we must speak in one voice condemning Christian nationalism as a distortion of the gospel of Jesus and a threat to American democracy. I mean that really captures the main ethos of the statement that that you know of what it's getting at. And I, it's this the website is well put together. The statement is fantastic. The resources are really good. The scholars mm. that have done the research behind it um, just really fantastic stuff. So, and I, I strongly recommend people check it out. And one of the things, reasons I, I tend to harp on this issue is especially because we live in New England. Mm. Um, at least you and I do. I don't know about our listeners. I'm sure we have listeners all around the world. Um, all around the world. We do, actually. Yeah, yeah, see? Except Antarctica. Yeah, one person in New Zealand listens. Well, God I'm, bless you. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> Shout um, out to you, one person in one New Zealand. One person in New Zealand, Yes. <laughs> Probably a bot, just like... I like to imagine it's someone who bought one of the hobbit holes from the Lord of the Rings movies. And he yeah. lives in, he lives in like, a, like a little hobbiton. And, and like, you know, smokes a pipe outside. And just has yeah. like a lot of bread and like cured fish in a pantry. Sorry, I just, I just want to live in... Yeah. in I, I just want to live in a hobbit hole. In your editing, you've got to put some, some kind of like Whimsical. Irish Gaelic music oh, in yeah, the background. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, this is going to be editing fun for you. Oh, my God, it's going to be great. Yes. Um, so in New England, we don't really in, um, we don't really encounter this kind of Christian nationalism as much. Mm. So there can be the sense of like, what's the big deal? Um, but if we live south of the Mason-Dixon, we would be seeing it a lot. Mm, it's... Uh... The, from my personal experience, yeah, Jesus is like it's like a verb. Mm. Once you leave New England, yeah. like I don't like my wife and I. We took a drive. We drove. Uh, we, we drove from Rhode Island to Texas. If you're wondering how to do that, in one day, not in one day. I think oh, it took okay. us a couple of days. But if you're wondering how to do that, it's um, it's drive west till you get to the middle and take a left. Yeah, that's how you get there from here. Yeah, I'm checking out a map. Um, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, like, you know, we're driving, and all of a sudden, and, and it's, like, pitch black in the middle of the night. We're on, like, the interstate. Even, and, it, and it was crazy because it was, like, 2 in the afternoon. Yeah. And we and we come around a corner, and all of a sudden, on the hill, there are, like, three crosses. And I'm not talking just all like, oh, it's like, oh, someone, like, wrapped their car around a, a tree here. Right. It's like, no. Big. These crosses are on the top of a hill, lit up. Like super ominous wow. looking, and it's the only thing you can see, and it's like, wow. Now, did you uh, at that very moment when you saw those crosses want to pull the car over and give your life to Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior? Uh, no, I got very uncomfortable. <laughs> and they did not do their job, right? And then, and then, and another time, I was I was somewhere. I think I was in Tennessee, and we um, my uh, I was on a work trip, and we were packing up the car outside the hotel room, and um, it had just snowed. Like a quarter of an inch in Tennessee, mm, and yeah. like you would have thought, which the is a lot. It, it's so much for them. Like you would have thought it was like the apocalypse. <laughs> like as it was snowing outside, people were like, "We're never going to be able to leave our houses ever again." Um, That's fantastic. But some, like as we were leaving, they're like, "Oh, you're leaving," and we're like, "Yeah." It's like, "Oh, you know, where are you going?" It's like, "Oh, yeah, we're just flying back to Rhode Island." It's like, "Oh, do you want to? Do you want to pray? Let's pray together." And like me and my work colleague, I'm like, I don't know. That's like a very uncomfortable thing 
for a New Englander to be asked to do. Yeah. But I come to find out that's a very common thing outside of this area of the country. And they touch each other, too, when they pray. Yeah? Yeah, there's like hand-holding and stuff. Yeah, yeah, human contact. It's weird. I know, I know. That's why I moved here. Yeah. It was... Ohio was as much as I could take. I'm mm. like, no, nah, there's, there's way too much hugging going on. Yeah. We need to get back to where people are sensible. So, and, anyway, so, so I understand how what, what you mean by saying, like, you know, it's serious out there. It is serious. Yeah, yeah. And and um, and we see it a little bit in the national politics, but it also happens in the local politics and the statewide politics. And it, it is dangerous. I mean, there's been this, this, move, this, this call of, like, democracy as a, a threat, and I think it is. Um, and that, that's getting a little on the political side, but I think it's threatened also by this, this flawed heretical theology that God is on the side of one party. Uh, I, I think that that is really dangerous. Mm, it is. Um, which is why I get so um, worked up about this. Well, I mean, people will do a lot when you think you have God on your side. Yeah. When you think you are right and everyone else is wrong, they're... You get a crusader mentality. It's... It's not okay. No, right. And again, January 6th. They, aren't, they weren't all pro- proclaiming faith, but there was a lot of proclamation that God's with them, and this is what Jesus wanted them to do. There was mm. a lot of that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really scary. Uh, I also want to plug, at, um, maybe there's an Episcopal um, uh, aspect of this, but the Baptist Joint Committee of Religious Freedom. That's how I learned about this. Okay. Um, the Baptist Joint Committee, they're Baptist. Okay. Uh, they're, they, are, they represent almost every Baptist denomination in America. Not the Southern Baptists, though. Okay. Like Tobin, they don't play well with others. Oof. Yeah. Uh, they're an excellent, they're, they're an advocacy group in Washington, D.C. They file a lot of amicus briefs for Supreme Court um, cases that involve religious liberty. That's that's their thing. And they do excellent, excellent work. They also have a podcast, Respecting Religion. I encourage mm-hmm. you to listen to that. Um, and they're, they're the ones who keyed me into this uh, Christians Against Christian Nationalism. And you know, I do want to so say, go to the bjconline.org. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a better <laughs> yeah. Yeah, than Christians Against Christian Nationalism.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I also do want to say, before we get yeah. too much in trouble, um, my problem is specifically with Thomas Tobin, not with the church in general. Oh, right. like, like, like Cardinal O'Malley is a really great guy. Uh, he's the cardinal of the Diocese of, of Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and all my local priests growing up have always been super great. It's just Tobin. He just likes to open his mouth and say things, and they make me so upset because you're not helping anybody you're not pulling anybody in. You're just pushing people away. So your bumper sticker that you hate is "I stand with Bishop Tobin." Yeah, that just gets you, just yeah. gets you going. No, no, the one that gets me going, <laughs> the one that got me going the other day. I saw it. It was like, and, and, and you know, like when you read one and it hurts, like it hurts your. It, it, mm. It's like, ooh, that looks like a really good one. Uh, it was, uh, it was those who seek Jesus in the eleventh hour often die at ten thirty. I was like. Well, Whoa. how can they seek Jesus in the eleventh hour if they're already dead at ten thirty? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that was like I was like oof. Yeah, boy. That was a real. That was a real. Uh, yeah. That was a really oof one. But anyway. Yeah, I, I want to kind of sit with that for a second, right? <laughs> You're like, it's heavy. That's a heavy it one. Is. Also, you want to just smack them. Like, don't be so nasty. Right. You know. Yeah. That's, that's not. Yeah, my grandmother used to have one that was like it was very aggressive. And once again, like a lot of these yeah. are very they're very aggressive. And I don't I don't understand why. It was like I'm I'm Catholic and I vote. Oh yeah. 
That's yeah, so pro choice or pro life. You never seen pro. Well, I guess you've seen pro choice, but pro life and vote. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you vote. And, yeah. And, and okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. That, I mean, yeah. These ideas, this tribalism. Right. This is the tribe I belong to. Yeah. I want you to know that. Yeah. If anyone wants to know, I belong to the tribe of Planet Express. Because uh, I drive around on my Subaru with the Planet Express sticker on the back. What's Planet Express? Planet, you don't watch Future? You've never seen Futurama? Oh, it's been so long. It's so good. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's coming out. Tanya Watt, who literally sat in that exact same chair two seasons ago. Um, we she was know. still here when I got here, actually. She, yeah. It was awkward. I said, Tanya, I really need to yeah. do this podcast. And yeah. She's just sitting right over there. Yeah. Just looking at me. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Um, but uh, we, we did a whole thing on Futurama, and it was it was great. Go back I listen. used to watch it when it came yeah. out back yeah. in the day, and then just things got away. Well, good news, and uh, good news is is that uh, Hulu is releasing a brand new season starting oh, uh, in 2023. So now's the time to get back into it. That means I'd have to subscribe to Hulu. Or... Or get someone's password. Get someone's password. Yeah. Which, of course, we're yeah, not. Yeah, don't pirate it. I'm not telling anybody yeah. to pirate it. And anything. we're not endorsing using someone's password to watch something without paying for it. Right. Of course, you should do the right thing. Right. Because this is a Christian podcast. It's a Christians Against Christian Nationalism <laughs> podcast <Yeah>. today. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, Jonathan. That's, uh, this has been an absolute blast. Oh, good. And I always like to say this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite types of interviews where I don't have to talk. I can just like tag in yeah. whenever I oh, feel good. like a little good. lull, and I just let the guest just go. Nice. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Oh, we're done. We're done. Oh, you're wrapping this up. I now. am wrapping. Was it something I said? No. <laughs> All right. No, no but that's fine. Uh, but but if you did have any final thoughts, okay. what would they be? I think it's important for you to own the kind of Christian you are. So this is, I'm not saying all Christians need to be progressive liberals, because um, it may have come out in this that I lean in that, that direction, being a pacifist. Um, that's not the issue. Uh, conservatives are great. We need you. We need you to keep us grounded, because liberals are nuts. Yeah. We're, we're so f- nuts. Sorry, I had to not swear. Um, and sometimes you can't just save everything, and turkeys must die. Own your faith in such a way that it is true to your relationship with God. And, and, and really live into that and be wary of anyone who tries to pull you into this idea that one human is going to be the savior for a faith. Your pastor's not going to save your church. That's not their job. Um, your priest is not going to save your church. The bishop is not going to save the church. Um, for a, you Catholic listeners out there, if there's anyone left, the Pope is not going to save the church. Oh, he's another good guy. Pope Francis is actually yeah, Pope Francis a seems legit. Fine. He's, he's, yeah. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he seems fine. But he's not going to save the church. That's not their job. Their job is to help shepherd and walk with this. We walk together. And certainly no political individual is going to save the church because no one can really be a full Christian and be a politician at the same time because you have to make decisions that are contrary to the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. Uh, and, and that's something they've got to wrestle with. The only person that's going to save the church or individuals is Jesus Christ. Mm. That's who we give our allegiance to. That's who we follow. And in this season of Lent... Oh. <laughs> see what I did there. I got confused because I'm all like, oh, it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. In this season of Lent, it's so important for us to remember that we are walking towards a broken Savior. We're walking to a place where the empire... The political party in charge crucifies the one that we claim is our savior. Mm. 
That's who we follow and no one else. Hmm. Okay, that's it. Okay, Jonathan. <laughs> um, we like to end, we like to wrap up a podcast by asking uh, all of our guests if we want to hear you yeah. preach on a Sunday. Where right, should we right. go? You should go to St. Luke's Episcopal Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, 02818. I can't give the address. I don't know that's the address. We're it's Pierce Street. We're on Pierce Street. Just drive up and down Pierce Street. You might go to the Baptist Church. Fine preaching. There are there, there are three churches yeah. on this street. Yeah. So you can go to the Baptist Church. Fine preaching there. Great people. Um, what's the third church? The Episcopal Church. What's the other one? That's on I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's one right before. There's a Luther. Baptist. Oh, there's a. Yeah, there's another one somewhere. Yeah. There's like a Pentecostal church. There's a Lutheran yeah. church. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't preach every Sunday. I'm there almost every Sunday, except for when I have trips. Um, but you can always look um, online, and they mm. might say when I'm preaching. But if you really want to hear me at my best, mm. go to wildernessjourneys.org. Okay. And sign up for one of my backpacking trips. Okay. Or reach out to me and say, I, want to, I would like to go on a hike with you. Mm. And then we can just have a wonderful chat. Uh, and so I lead backpacking trips, setting up the summer. Um, by now, they're probably all set up, so you can sign up for one if you'd like oh, or wonderful. let others know about it. Uh, but if you work with an organization, um, a church, and you think they would, you would like to have me lead one, you can reach out. And I'm always happy to come and speak um, to churches, organizations about backpacking, about wilderness, um, you know, spirituality, those kinds of things wildernessjourneys.org is where you can reach me. All right. And do you have any socials? Oh, yeah. You can find me um, on Instagram, Pastor Malone one on Facebook's uh, Wilderness Journeys, and uh, Twitter, probably by now I've deleted it because it's just turning into a mm. uh, drainage. I don't think Twitter's going to be a thing by the time this comes out. No, no. That dumpster fire has um, just exploded mm. by now. Okay, Jonathan. It was a pleasure having you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and we hope to have you on again soon. I hope so. Thank okay, you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. They live not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still. The world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will. You can meet them in school, or in lanes, or at sea, in church, or in trains, or in shops, or at tea. For the saints of God are just folk like me, and I mean to be one too. Thank you for listening to Tea Time Theology, a ministry of St. John's Cathedral in Rhode Island. We would like to thank our producers, Ivy Swinsky and Taylor Wilkie. Special thanks to Moa Conde and David Hines for our music. Our sponsors, the Episcopal Diocese of Rhode Island and the Right Reverend Nicholas Nisley, as well as our guests today. Follow us at Tea Time Theology on all social medias.